Welcome to the Dead Lady Show podcast. I'm Susan Stone. The Dead Lady Show is dedicated to celebrating forgotten and also infamous women who achieved amazing things against all odds while they were alive. The show is recorded in front of a live audience at Akud in Berlin, and here on the podcast we bring you a special selection of talks from these events. Here to introduce this edition's fabulous Dead Lady is Florian Dawsons, co-founder of The Dead Lady Show. Hi there. Hi. So Florian, I'm glad you're here because I especially wanted you to introduce today's dead lady. Can I ask why? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it's because you're Dutch. Yes, it is. And our dead lady is also Dutch. Her name is Fanny Blankerskoon. Um, and uh, she, in Holland, at least, she's very well known. She's an iconic sports person, an athlete. I'm sure she's been on many, many stamps. But outside of Holland, she's not that well known. So I was very excited that Sarah Fisher, a longtime fan of the show, came up to us after one of the shows and um, told us that she wanted to present her. Great. And also what I love in this uh, recording is that we hear your voice popping up when Sarah asks if anyone knows, if anyone knew who Fanny Blankerskern was beforehand. And you say, the Dutch person. <laughs> so listen out for that. Um, but um, Sarah is also quite a fascinating live lady. So uh, why don't you tell us a bit about her and then we'll go into her talk. Well, um, Sarah Fisher is a works as a freelance translator. So for our particular scene in Berlin, that's not very exotic. But she is very much working on her resume as a future dead lady in the sense that she has, for instance, crossed the English Channel in a hot air balloon. She'd pedaloed. Do you know what that is, a pedalo? It's a, is that like a boat that you pedal? It is. She pedaloed from Prague to Berlin. Um, she built a homemade raft and sailed on it from Regensburg to Budapest. She also biked the length of Great Britain, runs marathons, triathlons. And to top it all off, she's currently in Edinburgh studying for um, a master's degree in interpreting, which is also... Um, a very uh, high anxiety-inducing sport, if you ask me. Okay, great. Let's hear Sarah on Fanny. Most of you, if you've been to the Dead Ladies show before, you'll know that uh, there's lots of artists and musicians and incredibly innovative, creative people. And uh, so my talk is a little different because we're talking about an Olympic athlete. So who here has heard of Usain Bolt? Some hands up, uh, Jesse Owens, Carl Lewis, most of you, right? Who here has heard of Wilma Rudolph? Uh, dedicated fans. <laughs> Flojo, few more. And before you check the Facebook event, who here had actually heard of Fanny Blanker's Cohen? The Dutch person. Well, <laughs> okay, you don't count. So this is... A, why we have the Day Ladies Show, because some of these ladies need some recognition. But yeah, what do all of these people have in common? They all won three gold medals in a single Olympics or more in track and field. And Fanny Blankers Cohen is the only woman to have won four gold medals. So I think that's a good reason to talk about her. Uh, so she's like a, an all-round star, basically. She was great at long jump, high jump, pentathlon sprinting, running, everything. Unlike 
most of the other triple gold medal winners who are only are good at sprinting, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, she's pretty awesome. And she did all this in the 1940s as a 30-year-old mom of two uh, when everyone else was kind of saying, like, you should be staying at home. And uh, so that's why I wanted to talk to her, because she was really important in changing opinions about what women can do in sport. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with all the facts and figures, but uh, here's a few of her achievements. First international competition at 18, set 58 Dutch national records over the course of 20 years, which is a pretty incredible career for, for an athlete. Uh, European championships, six golds, lots of world records, and of course, the all-important four gold medals at the 1948 Olympics. So how did she get to win all this stuff. A little bit of background, Francina Kern, obviously, beautiful advert for Holland here. Uh, she was born uh, in 1918. She was one of five children, four brothers, and uh, they traveled all around Holland uh, during her early childhood before they settled just outside of Amsterdam. And with her brothers, she did all kinds of sports, from tennis to ice skating, fencing, swimming, and eventually, at 17, she settled on athletics and joined the ADA club in Amsterdam. Within a year of joining the club, she'd already set a Dutch record. She'd started training with uh, Jan Blankers, remember the name, and uh, she'd moved to the newly founded Sagita Athletics Club, especially for women, and Jan would later admit that meeting Fanny was the main reason he founded this club. At 1936, she takes a quick trip to Berlin, and uh, she comes sixth in the high jump and fifth in the 4 by 100 relay, which is not bad for an 18-year-old, right? She also got to meet Jesse Owens and um, got his autograph, but I don't think then that she really dreamt that she would actually go on to copy his four gold medal record. Over the next few years, it soon becomes apparent that there's not going to be an Olympics in 1940 and 1944, but Fanny keeps on training, and it's really quite incredible the number of world records that she sets during Nazi occupation while struggling with food shortages and fuel shortages. She manages to take the 4x100 relay record away from the British and the 4x200 relay record away from the Germans, so the Dutch were doing their own little bit of resistance there, I guess. At the same time, she starts her family. In 1940, she got married to Jan, but you didn't see that one coming. She has, has a Jan Jr. in 1941 and uh, Fanny Jr. in 1946. <laughs> so the legend lives on. But as you can probably tell, Fanny's not like most mothers. Within three months of having each of her children, she's back on the training check. Most moms are sitting around in Amsterdam doing their crochet in the park with their babies. It's all beautiful. Fanny chucks her kids on the back of her bike, goes down to the training track. They can play in the long jump pit, and she does her, her training. 1946, again, just months after she'd had her daughter, she goes to the European Championships in Oslo, and uh, she's entered for four events, but the event organizers are not used to having so many multi-talented women, and the high jump and the 100 meters are basically at the same time. So she's like running backwards and forwards, and uh, unsurprisingly, doesn't get any medals in those ones. But the next day, she comes back and manages to get gold in the relay and the 80-meter hurdles. So she's not one to be put off by losing. So 
So we get to 1948, big year, and Fanny's basically been training, well, all her life to finally get to the Olympics. And in Amsterdam in June 1948, they hold an Olympics Day athletics competition. And Fanny says, okay, I don't want to risk injuring myself. I'm just going to have a nice day and watch the rest of the events. And so she's sitting in the stands. Her husband, Jan, however, is down with the coaches and he's getting loads of pressure from everyone saying, where's Fanny? It's not a competition unless she's competing. And uh, he's like, well, she doesn't want to injure herself, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, she has to come and compete. So Jan's like, I'll go and see what I can do. <laughs> she does what he says. She's a little bit annoyed about it, but yeah, she goes and gets into her running stuff. And with five minutes before the, the whistle goes, she's on the track warming up. To say that she didn't really want to run this race, she then sets the world record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she can go and have a nice time. So Fanny is now, I guess you could say, ready for the Olympics. And uh, just a little bit of background Olympic history for you, in case there's any other Olympic geeks in the audience. This is called the Austerity Games. It's the first game since 1936. It's hosted in London. Everyone's still on rationing. Uh, all the British athletes are amazed when the American team comes over with 5,000 packets of beef steak, which they haven't seen for years. It's actually under budget. It's £750,000 compared to £11 billion for London 2012. <laughs> to save costs, though, uh, men get to sleep in the RAF barracks and women get to sleep on college campuses. And bedding is provided, but athletes, please bring your own towels. <laughs> Anyway, back to Fanny. Uh, she's, as I mentioned, world record holder in the, in the hurdles, also in the long jump, high jump, and 100 meters at this point. But because of like weird Olympic rules, uh, she can only compete in three events plus the relays. So she goes for the running events and skips out the jumping events. And again, so she always does what Jan says, and Jan says going to the opening ceremony would be too tiring. So she sits out on that one. As she's going into this, she's not really known outside of Holland. Uh, so there's lots of critics who are saying that she's too old. She's 30. She should be at home with her kids. And even the other competitors. This is um, a quote from Audrey Williamson, who was 21. And she said, we thought she's ancient. She was married and she had children. We couldn't sort of picture it. One was written off at 25 back then. So this is like what Fanny was up against all the time. Her response was, one newspaper man wrote, I was too old to run, that I should stay at home and take care of my children. When I got to London, I pointed my finger at him and I said, I'll show you. <laughs> and uh, I've got a little video, which basically gives a much better impression of the whole thing. Already the holder of an incredible five individual and two relay world records, the 30-year-old Dutch mother of two, Fanny Blankers-Kern, began her Olympic assault with victory in the 100 metres. I was good enough to take part in everything, but I still never thought I could win gold. I actually once said to my father that if I were to win a medal, he should dance around the table. After I'd won the 100 metres, I appeared on the radio, and I told my father he'd better start dancing. Limited to competing in three individual events, the 80 metres hurdles was to produce a second goal. It's a fine start. The first hurdle is Gardner who leads. The third hurdle, Fanny Blankerskoon is eaten. But there was no stopping Fanny Blankerskoon coming up on the inside. The next day, a determined Blankerskoon 
destroyed the rest of the field to win the 200-meter final. With a courageous victory, Fanny Blankenscone became the only woman to have won four gold medals in an Olympic Games. For the first time, the biggest star was a woman. Quite good, right? Um, yeah, and 11 races in seven days, Holland's first medal, the insane uh, distant win in the 200 meters. Um, I think she showed them what she could do. She, however, did struggle with this self-confidence sometimes, and when she won the 80 meters hurdles, she described it as staggering home like a drunkard. And I'm like, I wish I looked like that, staggering home like a drunkard. <laughs> Nobody could have felt less like a champion. Her husband congratulated her, saying, See, you aren't too old after all. <laughs> nice. But we do have to give him some credit for talking her back out of that sort of breakdown and getting her back on the track. So after she wins her first three gold medals, Fanny actually went out and had a little bit of celebration in the West End, and she even drank some wine. And the next morning, she went shopping and bought a new raincoat, because obviously she's in England, but she actually ends up coming back to the stadium for the f final of the relay with only 10 minutes left to spare. And the rest of her team are sort of like, oh, where are you? Um, but yeah, you saw the relay final and I think she didn't need to worry too much. Returning back to Amsterdam, obviously she's the big hero. There's huge, huge parades, thousands of people lining the streets. She meets with the mayor and the royal family and everyone and she's now, Everyone loves Fanny, obviously. And there's a little uh, video here, uh, which I'll give you a brief insight into my newfound interpreting skills. Amsterdam, no Amsterdam Fanny Blankers Kern is coming back home again. There she is. She's somewhere down there. I'm just so happy that you're all here. I'm so surprised there's so many people. I'm really happy to be back home. Which of the four events was your favorite? The 4 four by 100 and the 80 meters, the hurdle, because they're hard but they're fun. And, uh, she forgot her bottle of schnapps. And this is the bicycle that her neighborhood gave her as a gift because she's run far enough. So. I mean, other athletes today are getting sort of millions of dollars of sponsorship and Fanny gets a bike. I think it's quite sweet. Um, but also, I like this quote from Fanny herself. She was so surprised that there were so many people and she says, all I did was run fast. I didn't know the Dutch people were so interested in athletics. They never came to any of our meets. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that sort of down-to-earth thing. The media have become a lot more favorable to Fanny now, obviously, and uh, she's sort of painted as this perfect combination of wife and mother and athlete, and she gets this nickname, the flying housewife, which <laughs> she puts up with, I guess. This is a quote from the Guardian's report on her 200-meter win, which is as feminine as man's capricious heart could wish, and not only is she as expert technically as most men champions, but her actual foot and leg movements are straight like a man's rather than a woman's. And temperamentally, she is a lesson to all. So thanks, guys. Uh, but this is actually not that bad. Other papers talk about her running like she's chasing the kids out of the kitchen <laughs> or rescuing the burnt biscuits. It's, 
you, you forget that things have, well, moved on a little bit, I guess. Um, but this was women's sport in the 1940s. This was a time when the 800 meters was too demanding for women to take part in. It was even controversial to do the 200 meters. In the 1930s, they had a vote to replace uh, women's track and field in the Olympics with a program including singing, dancing, and lunching. <laughs> so, whilst I would quite like to see competitive lunching, I'm glad that they, they stuck with the athletics. And I think even though this, this role of the perfect housewife might seem a bit cliche now, Fanny was still key to increasing the popularity of women's athletics and showing that it wasn't just something for young single women. You could be a mum and a champion. So what happens after you've won four gold medals? For Fanny, she went on tour, basically. She traveled to Australia, South Africa, the USA, promoting herself and also taking part in lots of mini competitions with local athletes, so basically also promoting women's athletics overall. And, of course, she continues competing. She wins three golds in 1950 European Championships. She qualifies for the 52 Olympics in Helsinki, Unfortunately, she suffers from painful boils in a very cumbersome place and uh, has to pull out of the 100-meter semifinals and, and doesn't finish the hurdles final, which is all a, bit, all a bit sad, really, because contemporary reports say that she was still really like top fit and could have won even more gold medals, but maybe less skin conditions next time. So this is Fanny towards the end of her career with her daughter, and her final Dutch title came in 1955 when she became the shot put champion, aged 37. She then retired from professional athletics and went into, uh, she became team leader of the Dutch athletics team and took them through three Olympics and they became quite successful under her um, leadership. Uh, she met Jessie Owens, her hero again, at the Munich Olympics in 1972 and she told him she still had his autograph. She said, I'm Fanny Blanca's Cohen, I said to him. He said, you don't have to tell me who you are. I know everything about you. Isn't that incredible, I thought. Jesse Owens knew who I was. <laughs> and, um, well, that's what I really like about Fanny is she's kind of often very sort of surprised and a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> like when Marion Jones won this uh, doping uh, medals in Sydney Olympics. <laughs> Um, but she also won a $10 million sponsorship from Nike. Fanny got a bike, right? <laughs> and Fanny just said, oh, but she's very good, isn't she? She trains twice a day. In the summer, we only train twice a week. I couldn't have won four golds today. Now it's like a job, and we were really amateurs, but we had more fun than they do. <laughs> yeah, and again, in the same theme, she was voted uh, the female athlete of the 20th century, rightly so, by the IAAF, and she said, you mean it's me who has won? I had no idea. When I think of all the great women athletes of this century and the young people who are doing so well, I must say I'm quite surprised and quite pleased as well. And this is her with Carl Lewis, who obviously also won four gold medals at an Olympics and was also the male athlete of the century. And so Fanny starts collecting honors and awards, and these are just some of them female athlete of the century, various halls of fame. They start the Fanny Blankers Cohen Games in Holland, which is still going today. It's a huge international athletics meet. And even after she dies of Alzheimer's in 2004, the honors kept rolling in. In the same year, they introduced the Fanny Blankers Cohen Career Prize, which is a big honor for professional athletes in Holland. 
and she came 29th in the national vote for the Kroatse Nederlande, which is like the greatest Dutch person, I guess. <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> maybe, maybe just the biggest. Basically, she's got huge loads of honors and prizes and statues, and you can go basically anywhere in Amsterdam and there'll be something with her name on it. But um, I think that her greatest legacy is the popularization of women in sport and this idea that you didn't have to throw away your career once you had a family. But it's not quite that straightforward. She wasn't always this perfect housewife with the pretty little kids and stuff. Uh, a year before she died, a sports journalist, Keith Kuman, released a biography called A Queen with Man's Legs. And this painted quite a different picture from the shy, quiet Dutch housewife that the media had previously portrayed. And Kuman showed that this had actually been quite a fabricated image. And Fanny was really, really competitive. Uh, she said sport was everything to her, and she wanted to win in everything, whether that was racing someone at the stoplights on her bike or knitting a sweater faster than her neighbours. She was always jealous and wanted to win. Her brother, Hube, said... My sister was a girl who always did what she wanted to do. But to be honest with you, she was really always a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> her son also talks about how exhausting it was to be with her. She was always in such a hurry and so competitive. Her daughter criticizes her, uh, saying she was very distant and cold. She says, I think my mother never loved herself. And the other way around, she could not love and give friendship to other people. Laying an arm around your shoulder like my father used to do was an impossibility for her. My mother only enjoyed herself when she was being worshipped, which is quite harsh criticism. And all of this sounds really negative, but I actually think without these qualities, she probably never would have achieved the incredible results that she did. She wouldn't have made such a name for herself. We get a much more complex image after this, and also a really good image. <laughs> no, so I think, I think there's, this, there's this woman who doesn't know how to deal with all the media attention. Uh, she's got this huge talent. She wants to be first, but she struggles with self-confidence. You remember the breaking down at the Olympics. She said herself in the video she never believed she could win gold. Um, and maybe she doesn't feel she fits this position that the media have put her in. She's juggling family and personal aspirations, professional goals, at a time when society is telling her that she shouldn't be doing what she wants to do. There may be some negative comments about her, but overall it makes me actually more sympathetic towards her, and I can identify much more with this sort of torn and, and woman who wants all kinds of things than with the idea of just a, a beautiful housewife who happens to be super good at running and wins gold medals in her spare time. Fanny was hard as nails. I think you have to admit that to achieve all those world records during the war and all the, against all of that criticism, the portrayal of women in sport today is still controversial. I mean, we're still like making headline news because Serena Williams is pregnant. and So I don't feel that it's actually a surprise to find out that she was hardworking and determined and ambitious. Modern athletes are all of those things now. It's just more accepted. And even if the flying housewife image wasn't exactly true, I'd like to thank Fanny for putting up with it, at least, for achieving those incomparable results and making it more acceptable for women around the world to pursue a career in athletics. She's become quite an inspiration to me and hopefully a little bit to you too.
That was Sarah Fisher on Fanny Blenkers Kuhn, an amazing athlete who really changed the face of women's sports. And should a future Olympics bring back the idea of competitive lunching, I'm in. Now, who would you like to hear about in the future shows and podcasts? I put that question to some members of the audience at Dead Lady Show number 13, the live edition in Berlin. Which dead lady? Mm-hmm. Personally. I'm trying to come up with a, a less obvious one. The first one that came to my mind is Frida Kahlo, which is, I think, might have already been featured. No, actually no. not. And I, oh, and I would love Lee Miller, the lover of Man Ray and the photographer. Uh, that would be interesting. Tallulah Bankhead would be a, a very fun okay. presentation. Another actress. So. Yes. Uh, Boudicca, or Boudicca, depending on who you ask. I would be fascinated by that. Yeah. Ooh, and Indira Gandhi as well. Very interested in Dear Gandhi. Can Blixen. Yeah. yeah, that's bigger. Female explorers in general. Uh, because there's so much about men. And I was looking at these maps of Antarctica and all, all the seas and everything are named after men that yeah. discovered it. And I know there were women, I think, on some of these trips. So I would like to know more about that. I don't have any names, but I guess there's a reason why. Yeah, but these but are yeah. all great yeah. suggestions. Do you yeah. know that anyone can nominate someone and also present? Grace O'Malley. She was an Irish pirate. She like had a whole castle. She had a whole kingdoms. When, when the British took over, she like became a pirate and took over this whole side. And her children were abducted and she went to Queen Elizabeth to free them and became friends with the Queen and then and then became like the Queen's pirate. It's a it's a great story. And I she did she was you know she like joined the Royal Navy and and, and you know became, went from being pirate to you know, Admiral in the Queen's Navy. And that's all I know about her and I really want to know more. So some interesting ideas there. Florian, what do you think? Um, I think we should definitely have an all-lady pirate edition. This is what I think. And I will stand by that no matter what. Or walk the plank. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you, Florian. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Our next live show is coming up at Akud in Berlin on November 21st, featuring surrealist artist Leonora Carrington, Berlin writer Christa Reinich, and blues legend Memphis Minnie. We'd love to see you there. The next podcast will come your way in late November. In the meantime, who's your dead lady? Send us a line and let us know which ladies you'd like to hear about, live or dead. Email goes to info at deadladyshow.com. Please follow us on Instagram or Twitter at deadladies. And subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your podcast venue of choice. And share us with others you know who could use a little dead lady in their life. Support for this episode of the Dead Lady Show podcast comes from the Berliner Senat.